0: This is Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. I'm your host, Rand Law, the author of the Mystic Dreamwalker series and a host of other martial art related books and stories. Coming up next is today's quote. When we are unable to find tranquility within ourselves, it is useless to seek it elsewhere. Francisco Rothschild. It is now time mind and body. This is the time that we take to reflect on the interactions between our thoughts and our practice. When I was young, I was very impressed with masters who had developed the iron palm so sufficiently that they could slap a 4-inch thick 8-inch wide and 16-inch long concrete block in half, which is considerably harder than Taking two, two inch thick, eight inch wide, and sixteen inches long blocks and breaking them in half. Something about having one solid, four inch thick block is just another step up in difficulty. Is this only mental or is it physical? I used to believe one side and then later on I believed the other. Honestly, now I believe it comes down to a balance between the two. Qi, or chi, is not something external but something internal, and so, this balance is always what we seek. Now that I've grown older, I also seek to find a greater balance between the power of an iron palm slap and the sensitivity to deliver it every time. One of the problems with Having an iron palm that could slap four inches of concrete block in half, no matter if it was spaced or laying next to each other or in one solid form, came down to how many times did you have to hit it to achieve that perfect balance between mind and body. When you're slapping a block, it can sit there and wait for you to get everything lined up correctly. But if you're being attacked, you need to have that instantly. That is why now I find it more important that you're able to move out of the way, control, and balance yourself and the attacker so that you're in a position of advantage and having them off balance and receptive to receive a blow that would break a two-inch block or two two two-inch blocks, let alone a four-inch block. This is now the balance I require my students to look for instead of sheer power. Having the earth receive credit for the blow that stops the attacker is just as important as the amount of force that we use to knock that individual to the ground, not knocking them by sheer force of our iron palm power, but the gravitational force of off-balancing the attacker. This is the union between mind and body that I seek, utilizing the force of gravity with our iron palm and its kinetic force. Next on our agenda is art chat. One thing I have always admired with artists, whether they're musicians writing lyrics to a song, or authors of screenplays or pulp fiction. Playwrights included is the subtleties and nuance of the author's wordplay between characters, or sometimes it's merely because of hidden treasures that creep into the writing, like gremlins or mischievous elves. They usually do this in the form of having a reference to some other influence that they greatly admire, simply tipping the hat to some other book or song or movie that influenced them or inspired them. I like these uncredited sources of inspiration and unacknowledged through the book other than what the reader perceives on their own. But here's an Easter egg. For any of those followers of the Mystic Dreamwalker series, I have a character named Sansar. He's from outer space, of course, and I've been told that he's one of the more popular, supportive characters in the story. But maybe it's unknown to most of you that Sansar is not a made-up name. In fact, the name actually means outer space, and it is... Something that was influential to me because the name came from Mongolian. And I have 15,000 years ago traced Mongolian DNA. Of course, most of my astute readers will have already noticed many other hidden Easter eggs along this line throughout all of my work. Some of my favorite Easter eggs of this sort are all through The Hobbit especially, where J.R.R. R. Tolkien, brings out the invention of golf and other such oddities throughout his story. I find these things make his work so much more appealing. And, of course, if you're looking at J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series, you see a lot of this, too, with all its parallels to Christianity. Then again, you have C.S. Lewis, and his work is, in my opinion, mainly allegorical, and it goes far beyond the little subtle hints of influence that I'm referring to. I feel this type of writing lacks the subtle nuance that I admire, and it seems like it just beats you over the head with the message. But it comes down to a matter of choice. Some people like food that is very spicy or very sweet, and of course, there are people who like very savory food. I, for one, enjoy a nuance of the combination, and not necessarily having all of the combinations at once in every dish. But it is nothing more than a matter of taste. And I hope you enjoy what I'm serving. Coming up next is a haiku. This one is entitled "Baby," after our cat. Cat meows all night during the podcast she calls out. Then, she sleeps all day. As you might have guessed, this causes a bit of frustration. But she's an old cat, left to us by our daughter when she went off to college. I am eternally grateful to my wife's babying the cat, and for all of her efforts in keeping the cat silent. And now, it's time for our did you know segment. Today, we're going to be looking at Sir Francis Drake. Francis Drake was the son of a tenant farmer, as was his brother. His brother married and had children. Sir Francis never had any children. Nonetheless, it is his name that lives on, even though he was childless. While his brother is part of my family line, Sir Francis got a start when he sailed from Plymouth, England, in 1577, with five ships and 164 men under his command. His mission was only a three-year mission, unlike the five-year mission of the Enterprise, and, instead of the lofty goals of the Federation Starship Enterprise, his goal was to raid Spanish ships, explore the Pacific Northwest, and hopefully return with a lot of gold. While Drake is not credited with being the first person to circumnavigate the globe, that goes to Magellan. Magellan only made it three-quarters of the way around, and his Basque navigator completed the mission for him. Drake, however, is the first Englishman to complete the circumnavigation of the globe and he was able to return back to his home port in Plymouth a mere three years later. Of course, he faced hardships along his journey too, although he didn't get killed in the Philippines like Magellan. No, he made it all the way to South America before he encountered his first set of huge difficulties. He had to abandon two of his ships in South America and then took the remaining three into the Straits of Magellan. But that didn't end his difficulties. The storms famous in that region were enough to wreck one of his remaining ships and forcing another to return to England. Undaunted, Francis Drake continued up the western coast of South America, raiding Spanish Settlements and capturing a rich Spanish treasure ship. Sir Francis Drake had also claimed all of California for the Queen. Of course, hearing this tale, you probably realize he was a pirate. Even if it was a secret agreement he had with the Queen, Sir Francis Drake was supposedly the most successful pirate of all time. And long before he had made his name by sailing around the world. He had already made his name as a pirate. He, along with the cousin, captured Spanish slaves and resold them back to the Spanish, which wasn't something they particularly admired. The Spanish king put a price on his head. But Francis kept on raiding the Spanish of their slaves and silver and gold. He was even able to enlist Spanish slaves to help him along with his task and gave the leader of some of the slaves that had helped him a golden crusted sword as a reward for all of their help. Yes, Francis Drake also had his share of losses at the hands of the Spanish and it produced in him a hatred for the king of Spain like no other and his fight against Spain continued on until years later when he helped defeat the Spanish Armada. The Spaniards believed that he was in league with the devil, and he had a magic mirror that allowed him to see where all of their ships were. Francis Drake also spent some time as a politician, but he always returned to the sea and was eventually buried there. Although his body has never been out. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by joining me on Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash Law, with no space between the Rand and the Law. I have no weapons, but a weapon can be made. Knowledge of her power. Tokushi Kimpo. you have been listening to Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. Once again, I am Ryan Law reminding you to follow your dreams.